Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my co-host, Light. Hey, Light. The Light-Fingered Thief. Logar, <laughs> how are you doing today? Have you bought any cool books recently? I I did. I ordered I ordered, I ordered some books online. Back some Kickstarters. I, to Drive-Thru RPG. I got some stuff from Drive-Thru RPG last night on, online. I mean, this is so different than how we used to shop. When we were kids, right? I mean, you like shop stuff online, the PDF shows up or something shows up in the mailbox. Yeah, I mean, it's instant. It's there. Don't leave the it's house. There. Yeah, you don't have to leave the house, but I do miss the days of going to the uh, shopping malls and uh, shopping at the bookstores and such looking for D&D material. I, there's this old blog post here. It's supposed to be our blog review day, so we're going to look at a blog post that discusses this from 2011. July 22nd. From Trollsmith. I'm not familiar with this blogger or this blog, but they have Farewell to Walden books. Call me slow, but I just realized that Borders going belly up means the Walden books are closing too. This hits me a little closer to home. They got the 40% going out of business sales. And they kind of go over their history buying, buying their game books and discovering them at a Walden books. And the Walden books in the mall. In the mall, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's where I used to go. I used to go to Walden Books and uh, B. Dalton because they're both in, in Tri-County Mall and then uh, Little Professors and being able to, you know, look at the D&D modules, which were all wrapped in plastic at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I my mother, before I turned 16, would drop me off at that mall. And I'd go to the Suncoast the Sun Coast on, his, on the second floor. The, look yeah. at the movies. I'd go to the record store to check out some albums and I'd go to that Walden Books. It was well. It was Walden books. They're not B. Dalton, right? Uh, there is one of each. Um, maybe by the time that the year that you're talking about, maybe B. Dalton was gone. But when I was shopping yeah. there, they, they had both. And they, uh, by the time I was 16, it was like exciting. One of the first places I went on my own, my little car, and I had my driver's license. Right. Was the mall. Mall rats. Like, <laughs> we were mall rats. <laughs> And I was looking at the game books and the KB toys and all that stuff. KB toys had stuff as well too. Yeah, they had some. They would have some D and specifically they had D and D modules. And they started coming out with some of the card games, like Magic had come out, and other card games started showing up. They started carrying some of that kind of stuff, and Hero Quests, of course, things like that. Those board games you could get at KB. I, I, I can't say that like. We have game stores nowadays, but they weren't that widely out there. There weren't as many. No, just there weren't as many ho as hobby shops out there. Well, that's when I was going to when I went to a hobby shop. They'd have more along the lines of rockets and models and things like Correct. that in the early days. And and yeah, you'd have some game books in there too, and some dice, but not nearly like it is where it's just focused on tabletop gaming, like a lot of the stores you have now. Now you have like dedicated yeah well they have different types of 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 dedicated tabletop gaming you have like the store that sells magic and Yu-Gi-Oh cards primarily and they might right. have a book or two <laughs> then you have the board game stores you know it's, it's what makes the money right so yeah. i i I've, I've often been curious about some of those stores that sell just magic cards for the most part like it blows my mind they can keep going selling magic cards and I, I guess there's money in them and the snacks <laughs> there's money there's snacks there's tabletop so that's how they make no the money but you know for 
for us, you know, going to the mall and going to the Walden books or the B Dalton or even going to like a Borders. I mean, that was a bit of a treat to see all the selection in one place. For me, bookstores were always like my go-to, this like bastion of like, like home. It still is to this day. I go to bookstores nonstop. I, 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 I go to half price books and look for game books. And I go to, I used to, when Borders was around, we used to go to Borders often and look at the game books. I don't just look at game books at the bookstores. I do buy a lot of other books, but honestly, I've gotten to a point where if I'm looking for a book, it's not likely to be on the shelf at a regular bookstore as much as I'm going to have to look up on a books to find it or a gaming book or eBay or something to find what I'm looking for. I don't know how I don't, if I was living in a world of, Walden books and shopping for books there right now in 2022, I feel that my experience will be a little different. I've got all these books from all the years that I need. And when I'm looking for something, normally it's very specified, but something got me into looking for those things. I got all those old books somewhere. <laughs> well, it was, you know, it's one of those that locally you got like the half price books and then you got a couple of gaming stores that carry you know, old and used materials as well, too. You know, like Book Creep has a pretty decent selection of um, older used stuff that is what Logar and I tend to gravitate towards. That's Book Creep um, Fantasy in Fairborn, Ohio. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to those guys. Or, you know, even with like, say, Gateway Games, they have a good selection of new and older used stuff as well, too. So those would be some of our, our favorite places to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. The feller that runs Gateway Games over there in Batavia, Ohio, Todd, he's 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 a pretty solid feller. I, I appreciate him. And I often say about Gateway Games, when you walk into Bookery Fantasy, they have a big area, lots of different selections of things. But when I, when I go in there, I'm having a hard time sometimes finding what I'm looking for or interested in. When I go to Gateway Games, it does seem like there's like five shelves but of those five shelves, there's a lot more stuff that I want and I'm interested in. And that's along the lines of the gaming stuff I'm looking for. Really got a solid selection of material at Gateway Games. I mean, Gateway, Todd's an OSR guy. So <laughs> he, he has a lot of OSR material because that's what he likes. You know, Bookery is a mix of modern 5e stuff. So, you know, nowadays you can find 5e at probably at Target or, you know, or, or any yeah. of the other typical, typical stores. You know, definitely at the Barnes & Noble's. They have a huge 5e selection so it's it's pretty common <laughs> i i didn't have any fifth edition books until about a year or so a little bit over a year ago it was around christmas and i got gift cards for walmart and target and i was looking on there like oh, there's nothing i need from walmart or target and I, thought, <laughs> I really want game books so i started trying to look for game books and i found a bunch of pretty inexpensive fifth edition books so i started like okay i'll buy the basic books and a few others with my gift cards and that's how that's how I got fifth edition books was Target and Walmart just ordering them online with gift cards. They showed up at my door pretty quick. Well, you see, these, these are Christmas gift cards. You know, if you're <laughs> going to spend your own personal money, it'd be on OSR stuff, not on 5e stuff. <laughs> yeah, if I had just a random card I could have used anywhere, I would have probably taken it to Gateway as opposed to Walmart or Target in a heartbeat. I'd be like, okay, and I probably would have not bought uh fifth edition books to be honest i would have i would have looked for a few other things that i want there's plenty that i want to have that i don't have in the osr indie gaming scenes or older games used or older games yeah because we we do have a lot of new stores that are cropping up that do tabletop board gaming 
magic uh, Pokemon cards and stuff. But again, what we're seeing is they're mostly carrying the five E's, you know, it's five E or some Warhammer, you know, 40 K or fantasy. Type yeah. of stuff. Not, not as much of the OSR or indie stuff, but I get it. Distribution is difficult for some of the indie products, unless you're like, you're Todd and you, know all the uh <laughs> small <laughs> like press this. small yeah. press guys you know so and maybe we need a, a some sort of of indie distribution style thing to get stuff into local game stores so we don't have to just order it online and stuff like that maybe someone needs to look into that i'd be thrilled to welcome the game store to see more now i i go to yoda quest here in cincinnati too they're a good game store. they have a good uh, selection and i will find probably more indie stuff there than i do some other places yeah i would agree i mean you know of course has a very vast and large collection of old new and indie but i mean we we get it 5e is popular 5e makes money so you got to carry some level of 5e yeah going back to like when walden books was around like i remember a lot of this stuff that's like going for absurd prices now on the shelf looking at it just kind of, eh, i don't know <laughs> it's just passing it up like i should have probably bought that one then modules i never bought um I bought I bought BX modules and I bought the BX you know sets as well too the box sets. I have a lot of modules now that I picked up later on, but originally like we had this very I think I just talked about this in a, or we're going to talk about this in a new episode coming up or have recently. I feel that when I was really into playing the I the focus and the idea was you got to make your own. You got to make your own world. You you can't. It's got to be a homebrew world like. Oh, we had like looked down on the on the pre-made adventures, <laughs> and it was like I think I've talked about on the show before. I didn't run a pre-made adventure for well over twenty years of playing. Well over twenty years, I never ran a pre-made adventure. So when I went to run my first pre-made, my first pre-made adventure I ran, I can tell you what it is. Which adventure was that? It was for Pathfinder. I ran Rise of the Rune Lords. For Pathfinder, okay. Yes, it was for... So Pathfinder was the first time I did it. It was when they came out. It was not that long ago because they had just come out with a hardback collection of Rise of the Rune Lords. And I picked out that hardback. and said, I'm going to run this and try this out. And I started picking out some of the other supplements, running it. And I realized that it was challenging for me to run a pre-made adventure. I was so used to just making it up on my own. And I said, I'm going to get better at this. So I started crying more and more so by the time you and i had started playing i hadn't ran that many pre-made adventures up to that so i was still kind of dabbling and learning how to play pre-made adventures yeah and i think that might be a topic in the future or we I mean, go more depth around you know running a uh, pre-made adventure off the shelf versus a homebrew I think we did do that in some earlier episodes. It feels like we've been there on that topic before. Uh, we can, I mean, since we do a daily RPG podcast, I'm sure it doesn't hurt if we go back over previous topics at some time. We can have a new take or even someone else ought to talk about it. But I'm pretty sure that was something we did discuss in an earlier episode. Yeah, I think we've talked about it <laughs> in, in passing probably multiple times. That's why both of us were like, hmm, seems familiar. But um, anyway, so yeah, in terms of, you know, going through like the uh, Walden books and seeing the, you know, all the AD&D and BX modules. I think back when I was shopping, there may be like four bucks for a module. And then like the hardback AD&D first edition was like 12 or $13 at the time. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like the mid eight, early to mid eighties, probably. Yeah. The, so the, the, definitely the cover price has gone up. Someone recently did a post online. I, I need to dig that up where they 
compared the prices for inflation of the original stuff that came <laughs> wow. out to what it is now and did the calculations. Ah, we need to find that post. I think it might have just been a random Facebook post where they were ranting it all out. It would be a great blog post to cover on, for a blog review. It, Whoever, it would be. If y'all know where that post at, send it to me so I can look it back up and we can talk about it. I, th- I do remember that like the box set, I, I don't know, if, I think it was the BX box set kind of leveled out to be something like 44 bucks or something along those lines, adjusted for inflation. Adjusted for inflation for modern. Cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, I think the box sets were around the 12 to $15 range when, when I bought them. And uh, like I said, I didn't get those unless it was like my birthday or something. Yeah. And I, I can't remember prices on a lot of the books I bought back in the day. I do remember thinking that $20 when I bought a $20 book or a $25 book in the nineties was like, I can't believe this book is $20. Yeah. Now the like, I'm looking at a book like, Oh, 15, 20 bucks. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in today's world, like if you, if you buy like a printed module for about 12 to 15, that's about, that's about right. Uh, most of the hardbacks oh, they're, they're a lot coming. more than that most of the time for a printed module uh, 15 is probably the, the the floor level except for a few cheaper print on demand ones i'd say 20 bucks about average for printed modules oh really yeah 20 I know, 25 I, I normally only get print on demand or like the uh indiegogo ones from frog gods yeah those frog god ones start about 2022 20, it usually ends up being 25 to 30 if you if you do an indiegogo for a module there uh, that's that's so much <laughs> i mean adjusted for inflation is not the worst compared to like a lot of adventures and hardback stuff like you're spending 50 bucks a pop for a hardback book these days and that's been like that for a while that's ridiculous though because you think about what the minimum wage is today you gotta work at minimum wage for like what five six hours just to be able to get it oh for a 50 dollar book oh yeah. no it's more than five hours because minimum wage is 725 let's <sighs> let's do this i'm pulling up the calculator i should be able to do this in my head but uh, but i i need i'm going to use the calculator so i don't make a fool of myself 6.89 almost an almost seven hours almost a full day a full day's worth of work, work just to go pick up <laughs> for one book for one book that's obscene that's yeah I, I if minimum wage would have kept up with inflation i think we'd be talking about this very differently well yeah <laughs> minimum wage should be over 20 dollars if it kept up with you know inflation so i i'm gonna go back and preface uh, back to uh, or not preface <laughs> i'm not prefacing anything i'm coming to an end here <laughs> i'm gonna go back and i want to talk for a minute about walden books and and this will probably be where we'll have to end because we're definitely coming up on time i have this clear memory of when my my aunt would drop me off at that walden book or where the walden books was and i remember so well just walking from store to store and i would get into that bookstore and I swear to God, I would spend two stinking hours. Two hours? Easily. Just Were you reading? Going, I was looking at every damn book and I was going through them crazy. Sometimes I'd be reading through stuff, but I, I, to this day, I will go into the bookstore and spend too much time browsing through the books. But I definitely <laughs> would spend like two hours at that place. And I'd have whatever cash I had on me, which wasn't a lot at the time because 
minimum wage was not seven twenty five at the time. How does it go? I made a little less than that. Minimum wage when I was working like four was four twenty five. Yeah, that's, that's so. about that's about what I was looking. I think the minimum wage was probably four twenty five at the time, and that's what I was making at Arby's. So I made I made more than minimum wage. I was making five bucks an hour, and I thought I was hot shit. That that is hot, that was hot shit. That's seventy five cents more than when I was doing uh, frying French fries in the back. Uh, I was frying French fries. For, they they made a big deal about make five whole dollars an hour. Like, wow, yeah, <laughs> I can buy a book after three hours of work. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. That world's gone. The malls are gone. It's all online. It's all destroyed. I, it's all destroyed. Tri County Mall is getting demolished. They're, they're, they're turning into housing. Yeah, I don't lament. I don't lament the loss of of some of that that much. Like online commerce is not the worst thing. <laughs> There's convenience in online commerce, and uh, but you know we do get good recommendations from Todd when, when we go there, right? So yeah, nice I do to- like going to a brick and mortar store and browsing and talking to people, especially if it's gaming specific and the person who runs it's into the stuff. Well, that's about all we got for today. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. Any support you can give us, we greatly appreciate patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards and keep those dice rolling. Yep. If there's any game stores that you want to support, let us know and we'll give them a plug.